0: Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 or on the internet right across the world uh, because you are listening to The Breakfast Show and you are joined by Lawson and...
1: Hannah!
0: Hannah! So great to have you. You were in the DJ booth yesterday, now you're in front of the mic today.
1: (laughs) Yes, I was a bit promoted today.
0: (laughs) That's right, promoted. Actually, we are, uh, just mourning the, um, the, the loss of Faith FM staff to sickness, to travel, whatever it may be. And we pray for those people, particularly Shell. I, mm. I got to talk to producer Shell on her phone yesterday, and she did not sound like she was mm. in a good way. She is, um, In the COVID battle right now. Uh, Monica and Lyle are down in Sydney doing some some work and presentations and whatnot down there. So we've got the Lawson and Hannah show this morning.
1: Yes, it never happened before. (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah, I have done once with Lyle, but Mm -hmm. this is first time, so... Just a little bit nervous, but I know that it will be good. So God will bless us. It'll
0: be fantastic. And we're also super grateful that we've got DJ Maureen in the studio. getting it (laughs) Yes. So Maureen's another person that we've had on the show. I invited her on to to come and to tell her story about how God worked in her life. And uh, now she is helping us out. And it's awesome because we're all really good friends in in real life. And uh, now you guys get to come and help me out with radio. Praise yes, the Lord! I'm excited. So good. Oh man, we've uh, we've run out of time to talk about what we're grateful for, but I would just say I'm grateful for you guys being here and uh, helping the show go along. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM,
2: positively different.
0: So we are getting into our first segment. It's usually positively different news, but before we get into it, we are going to have a 100-point clue, for or or the first clue for the quiz. Before we give the clue, I just want to quickly explain, maybe, you know, some listeners are joining in this morning, we have changed up our quiz format for this month. We are doing a, a different style. Well, it's same, but different. Uh, mm. in the sense that every single quiz question is related to one answer. Before, we had five quiz que- questions with five quiz answers, um, whereas now we're going to start with very hard questions that get easier and easier because you're trying to find the answer to what the quiz is I throughout see. the show. Yeah, um, But if you answer correctly, mm-hmm. your name actually goes into the draw to win our amazing prize. So wow. if you answer correctly every single day... The more times your name goes into the drawer to win the prize, and then we'll draw it on Friday and, you know, get in touch with you and you will win our amazing, awesome, expensive prize, which today, uh, which this week, I should say, sorry, is, I, it is not on the iPad, but I will find it. It is an an incredible vegan cookbook uh, that we were describing yesterday. We'll tell you all about it in the next segment. Uh, But right now, let's have the first clue for the quiz, Hannah.
1: Okay, ready? The first clue is six days before Passover, a dinner was given to Jesus at my house.
0: Oh, okay. So this person was... Hosting Jesus, mm-hmm. just just before Passover, you can give us a call, 491 That's the number to call if you know the answer. Read that question again for the people.
1: All right. Six days before Passover, a dinner was given to Jesus at my house.
0: Awesome. Yes. Give us a text, 491 We've already had text messages coming in.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: someone said, glad to have you in Faith FM, Hannah and Maureen. Also sending my prayers that Shell will feel better soon. That was from Brayden. Brayden, thank you so much. Oh,
1: thank you so much. We are
0: feeling the prayers. Oh, I hope Shell is feeling the prayers and we are feeling your gratefulness. Uh, We are incredibly blessed um, to have Hannah and Maureen joining us this morning. But right now, let's get into some positively different news.
1: All right is is that my? That's turn? you. That's oh, you. Okay, okay. that is you. <laughs> All right. Um, I was thinking, what's the good news? And you know what? Um, I could just go onto the website, but instead, I was thinking maybe I can do a quick mission report because mm. some some of you might know, may not know, but I'm from Japan. Maybe you can. Pick up my accent, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good things it's happening in Japan, uh which is the ministry that I'm involved in mm-hmm. uh which is um. 24/7 United prayer ministry have you heard that Ross? yeah
0: well I've heard about it from, <laughs> from <laughs> you and uh, I've attended it a, a number of times but you know you're living here in Australia you know uh, me and you we are co-workers working on the university campus trying to reach people with God's message uh, but also whilst you're here you're you you have ministry running back in Japan as well that's
1: right that's right so um yeah in Japan like Christianity is very very small just like one person Like I've never met Christians like until I enter university or something like that. Mm. But um, after I came to Australia and like, you know, got to learn the Bible and um, joined the church. And yeah, so it was, I think, about 2020 when Mm. the COVID hit. I joined this uh, wonderful ministry called 24-7 United Prayer Ministry. And my friend Sharissa, she invited me to join this. So it's on Zoom and then, basically, um, these prayers—the um, the mission is that. 24 seven, so 24 hours, seven days, the prayer will encircle the world. Wow. Isn't it cool?
0: Okay. So, so people at all times are getting together that's and, right. and praying. You know, obviously, you know, we have a time zone here in Australia, yeah. time zone in America, time zone in Europe. These exactly. Times of, and people are coming at those different times and yeah. praying. Yeah. And you mentioned Sharissa just really quick. Sharissa yeah. is, a, is a host here on Faith FM for our Wednesday afternoon show, Looking Up. So the, that's who you kind of, you know, who your with and she invited you to join That's this right. Group.
1: That's right. And then I was very, very blessed. When you think about the prayer ministry or prayer meeting, you know, sometimes you get so bored or like, you know, like <laughs> sometimes like you are, we are falling to sleep, you know, mm. but this prayer meeting is a bit different. Mm. Like everyone prayed very short, like mm. one or two sentences. Mm. So it's like popcorn, like, you know, the short prayer is coming like mm. uh, one by one, like, mm. you know, um, so it doesn't... Make you sleep. It's just like so exciting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone's awake. Everyone's That's getting right. into it. Wow. That's
1: right. And then um last year when um yeah, when we were starting like YouTube ministry, one of the lady got sick. And you know what? Through that um through her sickness we started to pray. And guess what? We started to pray in the united prayer format. Mm. And I have before that I was um praying for, you know, I want to start this wonderful ministry in Japan as well, mm. Um which was, um yeah, like one and a half years, Australia team, like South Pacific team were praying for Japan. And mm. then through her sickness, God really um started min- this ministry in Japan, for Japan as well. Wow.
0: So this Japanese woman gets sick. You guys start praying for her. Yeah. And it's like, wow, we're getting together regularly to yeah. pray. Why don't we just... Join twenty four seven united prayer. That's right.
1: That's right. And it was such an answer of prayer because (laughs) Mm -hmm. we were praying for it. And um, you know, gradually people invited uh, their friends and family. I don't really have Adventist friends in Japan because Mm -hmm. I didn't go go to church there. But then you know, my friends invited them. And guess what? Two weeks ago, we launched this call officially, Mm. and it um, reached 70 people, Wow, more than 70 people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, God is doing amazing things. And I know that through this ministry, you know, there will be like wonderful things will happen because when we pray, there is always a revival, Mm. you know, and um, also another thing is that from tomorrow we are starting 40 days of prayer. So this is not, not only for Japan or not only for Australia. This is for all across the world. So mm. all the people are um, gathering together and praying and praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and pray for revival, you know, mm. and 40 days because there will be a general conference happening in June as well. So yeah, this is a fantastic opportunity. And yeah, I'm just so excited. Like how amazing it will be if all the God's people in the world pray 24 mm. seven, um, And 40 days, you know, Mm. and maybe for more than that. But yeah, I'm just so excited for this ministry and God is doing amazing things everywhere. Mm. And yeah, I just personally um, really, really, um, yeah, see God is working in Japan. And yeah, I just wanted to yeah share the blessing to you Mm. because yeah. It's wonderful to see.
0: Totally. And maybe you're listening right now and you're like, wow, all of these people getting together to pray that God would work, which is something we definitely need in this world. Uh, We are in need of God. Yes. Uh, We believe he is coming back soon and we are Sitting here like people need to know him. And the only way that people will be able to know him is by being, by Christians Mm. being committed to, to following God and, and using his power, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit, these kinds of things. And and maybe you're listening and you're like, wow, I want to have God's power in my life. Um, but also I want to be a part of this initiative, Mm. um, to join United Prayer, um, and to pray for people. Who are in need? Uh, mm. Well, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call for our station, or text. If you call or text us, we can give you all the information uh, necessary. We can get your details down and line you up uh, to to join our prayer call.
1: Yeah, I just wanna. Uh, wa- uh, I'll add one more thing, because mm. you know, for this prayer thing, you can pray anywhere you are. You can mm. just like, um, sign into Zoom and, you know, you can yeah. pray anywhere you are. Oh,
0: V and Hannah, like driving home from the university That's in right. the car. I'm driving. She's in the prayer call praying. <laughs> like it's classic.
1: Yes. And you know what? So, um, originally, I think it was like 2014, they started to pray in Zoom, mm. but like, who knew Zoom at the time? I <laughs> no idea.
0: But dude. now
1: because of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, uh, everyone knows it. Everyone uses Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just think um, it's amazing that God turned something negative for something good. Like mm-hmm. God used COVID for, mm-hmm. you know, reaching more people, mm-hmm. reaching more people to pray. And I think it's amazing that God can use anything for good. Mm. So that's a good reminder, I guess And that's
0: what we know from Scripture as well That God will, um, yeah, use all things for, for good to those who love Him So praise the Lord for the ministry um, of United Prayer all over the world But specifically in Japan, a place that is so unreached and, and struggling to be reached mm. um, is They're finding God
2: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM Positively different
1: Yes,
0: the second the second clue for the A quiz. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Second clue is the sh- chief priests plan to kill me.
0: Okay, so this person hosted Jesus at their house, mm-hmm. and then the chief priests were going to kill them. Yes, I, we don't know if that's in chronological order, but ultimately that that's what took place. Mm-hmm. So this person was man. He was really like on the side of Jesus then, because the chief priest also true. wanted to kill Jesus.
1: That is true.
0: Ah, okay, 491 is the number to call. If you answer correctly, you will go in the draw to win our prize, our amazing, epic, expensive prize at the end of the week. But again, do you want to read that question one more time?
1: Yes, the chief priest planned to kill me.
0: Okay, 0491-064-669. Now, in more current news, I wanted to, and I have been uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been highlighting the election. You know, different campaigns, different election promises, election issues, things going on. We did a story last week where we were talking about, you know, voting in this upcoming election and what the ACL or the Australian Christian Lobby has been doing to highlight specific candidates' decisions and track records in parliament, uh, to, to highlight, okay, do these per, do these people in Parliament, reflect your best interests. We talked about a story last week, in fact, uh, from South Australia, where you had a uh, Liberal minister and a Labour minister um, who were... Uh going to be running in the upcoming election and one of the the ministers the Liberal Minister was in favour of late term abortions and the Labour Minister was against late term abortions which was interesting because usually the the narrative that we understand in politics in Australia is usually the opposite the Liberal Party is more conservative, the Labour Party is a little bit more progressive and so we would expect a Labour Minister to be in favour of late term abortions but in fact it was the opposite Um, and so the ACL, we highlighted the. The amazing work that the ACL was doing in just saying, okay, you know, from where where you live, you know, the people who will be in power in your area, what do they believe? and And to vote accordingly. You know, they weren't giving any suggestions on who you should vote for, but they're like, hey, these are the issues. Um, that Christians usually care about. And this is what each candidate's opinion on it is. Now, this week, uh, what has been in the news is specifically something that we have covered for I think maybe the last two or three years now Was actually a promise in the last election, the Religious Discrimination Bill. Uh, Hannah, do you know anything about the Religious Discrimination Bill?
1: Well, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I know
0: it's Australian politics, so that would be pretty... pretty, uh, Pretty not up your alley in terms of following. But this has been something that we have followed on the show. We even had the Attorney General of Australia, um, uh, Michaelia Cash, to come onto the show and we interviewed her. I believe she's the third most powerful politician in Australia. We had her on the show talking about this religious discrimination Mm -hmm. bill. Uh, Attorney General? Um, I think that was who she is. I believe it's Attorney General, yes. Um, and, yes, yeah, so she was on the show talking about the bill because, again, this has been an election promise since 2018, since the last election, and so we ultimately want answers. When is it coming? Because it's not in place yet. Mm. Uh, there have been multiple attempts over the last couple of years to put it into place, multiple amendments, multiple discussions about it, um, yet ultimately uh, there has been no action As of yet, it hasn't come into place. So, coming up to this election, Mm -hmm. what are the different parties' thoughts on the religious discrimination bill? That's that's the big question that we have. What are their thoughts? What do they want to do? Now, the Liberal Party, who proposed the religious discrimination bill and is currently in power, has ultimately said that it is... Also an election promise, it will definitely go through in their next term. That's what they promised their last term. But in this term, it will definitely go through. And where the rubber meets the road with the Religious Discrimination Bill, where it is most important and where most of the amendments and um, discussion is happening is around schools. Mm. So it's it's this idea of, of how do faith-based schools operate and function Within their faith. Like this, this is the idea. Um, One of the particular issues that they have been talking about is employment of staff and disciplining of students. Now, uh, the Liberal Party has ultimately uh, said that if they get in in the next election, they want to go for a more quote unquote conservative version of the religious discrimination bill, where not only will schools have the ability to preference staff based on faith. Uh, so if they see a person who is not, you know, say say a school is a Christian school, mm-hmm. if the person who they want to you say they, they put up a job, lots of people apply. If someone is not of the same faith of the school or is practicing a lifestyle in which the school don't agree with, the school has the right to not employ them yeah. on those grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one thing uh, that one big part of the liberals version of the uh, religious discrimination bill. And the other side, uh, the other big point of the Liberals' version of the Religious Discrimination Bill is that they will have the ability to discipline students who practice LGBT behavior. Mm. So if a student identifies um, within that framework, you know, yeah. uh, they will have the ability to to discipline, um, to put certain... Things in place obviously there will be discussions and you know uh, panels and and uh, specific uh, what's the word maybe methods put in place on on how they will do that to, to live you know we don't want to discriminate against anyone mm-hmm. um, but if if kids you know coming to school they identify as this they have the ability to even up to expelling a student for you know maybe practicing this behavior and we and by expel, I, I think, you know, we're talking about a very extreme circumstance yeah, yeah, where that yeah. takes place. But they, the school has the right. Mm-hmm. Now, Labour have been reached out to and ultimately have responded by saying, if they get elected the Labor Party, which generally tends to be more progressive than the Liberal Party, they will also be putting through a a religious discrimination bill. But they will remove the sections um, that have anything to do with students. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, students who identify as LGBT will be completely protected. Um, You will have no right as the school to um, expel them, to discipline them. Um, You know, you might have... You know, schools already have standards. For example, like schools you know, you need to wear a school uniform here in Mm -hmm. Australia when Mm -hmm. you go to school. Is that the same in Japan? Mostly. Yeah. Most schools wear uniforms in Japan. Uh, Most schools, I would say 98% of schools here in Australia wear uniforms. Um, And so you have the ability to enforce those rules onto students. um, But specifically over practicing and identifying as LGBT, the school won't have the right to do that. Mm. Um, But... They will still have the right to prefer teachers based on faith, teachers and staff. So Labor's bill, they're like, no, we're going to put this um, law out that will ultimately say when it comes to the students, they are allowed to identify as they want and and whatnot uh, and, you know, do behavior according, you know, practice behavior according to that. Uh, But the school will be able to employ staff based on faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the Greens, Mm -hmm. our third but smaller major party here in Australia, has said that they will be absolutely amending or scrapping the the Religious Discrimination Bill um, or amending the Sex Discrimination Act to say that staff and students, uh, whether they identify as LGBT or not of a certain faith or whatever it may be, will be ultimately protected and schools will have to employ people, pretty much, um, that don't identify uh, that either identify as LGBT or don't identify as Christian if they're a Christian school. Um, I wanted to just lay this out to you guys. I wanted you guys to have your own thoughts and opinions. And if you do, 0491 is the number to call. Again, we are not suggesting who you should vote for. Mm. Um, we are suggesting that you should follow God and yeah. we should live up to his standards mm. and his practices. Um, and, you know, obviously there is no... Uh, I would say there are principles in the Bible, but there's, mm. there, we don't have a draft of the religious discrimination bill in the Bible. Mm. Uh, we don't have, uh, God saying exactly what needs to be done in our specific context here in Australia in 2022. But we do have the opportunity to review God's word, to see what people are saying, to see what the different parties are standing for and to make a decision. But ultimately, in summary, um, the Liberal Party's version of the bill will, um, protect the school's right to employ whoever they want and give them the ability to discipline, um, LGBT students. The, uh, labor version of the bill will hold that right to employ whoever they want for the school. Um, uh, but you won't be able to discipline LGBT students and the Grease of greens version of that bill will pretty much scrap it and, um, put schools in a position. If they are faith-based, they have to, they can't, um, discriminate in employment based on LGBT, um, mm. or faith. So they ha- a school has to employ someone who is from uh, any faith or yeah. any identification. So, yeah, I hope that, guy- that was informative for you guys. And uh, please reflect as we come up to our election.
2: You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: We have a pre-recorded interview coming up with Lyle that he recorded out at Big Camp with Brayden from Sunship. They're going to be talking about some amazing things there. But right now, before we get into it, we're going to have our third clue for the quiz, which is, I am from Bethany. This person was from a place called Bethany. 0491 064 669 is the number to call if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing, incredible, and expensive prize. But again, 0491 064 669.
2: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and joining us in the studio this morning is Braden, who comes to us from Sunship. We're going to learn all about Sunship. Braden, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, Lyle. Good to be with you.
2: Okay, so Sunship, we have talked to you guys, but it was a long time ago, many many years ago. So we do need to get an update on where Sunship is up to.
3: But you guys are operating. Boats? Yes, that's right. In, in the, the West, Solomon Islands? Western Solomons, that's right. Western
2: Solomons. Okay, so give us a little bit of history. How long have you been with Sunship for?
3: Uh, well, my parents uh, were the originators, so okay. I've been with it since the beginning.
2: Since the very beginning?
3: Uh, you know, dragged in, but yes. uh, willingly dragged in. So we took our first team out to the Solomons in 2004. Yes. And uh, we had our first boat go out in 2008.
2: Okay. Now when you talk about your first boat going out, um, obviously you are operating boats in the Solomons and you're providing medical care, is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's right. So SUNSHIP stands for Serving Overseas Nations by Ship and so our work has been to take medical boats over there which can be used to visit villages who uh, have poor access to medical care and we take uh, nurses, doctors and medicines around to the villages and offer free medical care. To these people, Um, it's a regular service. A couple of times a year, at least they'll get to see us. Usually more, but um, every month each boat will go out for a couple of week tour around a different island.
2: And what kind of things are you able to offer that they're not able to? These people are not able to access in their local village.
3: Yeah, right. So, for the Solomon Islanders, uh, being lots of islands, uh, transport is quite difficult for them. It's uh, usually restricted to canoes. So we can take to them medicines. Uh, simple medicines such as paracetamol, such as basic antibiotics, anti-malarials, uh, contraceptives, uh, through to more important or more serious things such as uh, wound suturing um, and referrals onto the hospitals. Sometimes we can have to provide transport for those people as well to get them there. Um, antenatal and postnatal checks are done. Um, diabetic medication, blood pressure medication, general health checks, as well as uh, medical ge- education programs. So we just do things on uh, sanitation, hygiene, uh, general healthy living principles around diet, making sure that we're getting enough rest. Um, it might seem obvious, but uh, as Western culture has spread across the South Pacific, there has been unintended consequences. And so it's good for us to be able to share with them some of those positive messages. And given that the ships are staffed entirely by local people, who are all relatives often of the places they're visiting, sometimes distant relatives, they're well received and they are speaking the right language, the right vernacular, the right idioms. And so they're able to speak right to the hearts of the people.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. It it certainly breaks a lot of barriers down. So when you talk about taking ships out there, do you have ships that are stationed there or do they operate from Australia?
3: No, so our six ships uh, are based at Merisu Cove on the island of Columbungera in the Western Solomons. Take them out, we buy them here in Australia, refit them so that they are fit for purpose and then they're either sailed out or I should say driven out. They're all power catamarans and they can go out there either on the back of a big ship, if they're a smaller vessel, or under their own power.
2: So why did you decide to go with powered catamarans? What was the, what was the theory behind that?
3: So a lot of the Solomon Islands work that we're doing is in lagoons, and so we need a vessel with a shallow draft. Sure. So the power cats um, can have less than a meter's water under them, and they're fine to get in amongst the little islands and visit the people right where they are. We started off with a bigger power cat, which was a 50-footer, and it was fantastic but it wasn't able to get to some of the villages. So uh, when the opportunity came, we transitioned to smaller vessels, which have enabled us, to, enabled us sorry, to split up our force and go in more places at once for the same cost and also get to villages that are in harder-to-reach locations.
2: Mm, true, absolutely. And none of these have sail power as a backup?
3: No. No, they're all twin-engined, and so their backup is their other engine. The other engine. engine. Yeah, mm. you've,
2: you've ever had one breakdown and have to come back on one engine?
3: It has been known to occur. I spent some time out there about 10 years ago, and yet there were times where something would have happened to one engine or the other, but through God's grace, we've never, never had any major um, incidents.
2: Yeah, it's never been stuck adrift at sea.
3: No, not, not while our boats have been out there, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, praise God. Do they get much bad weather? Like, is there a season in, in the Solomon Islands where you, you know, there's just like cyclones coming through and you avoid the place?
3: Yeah, the, the Christmas time is usually the worst time for cyclones. That's also our annual holiday for the team who teams who work out there. And then that's in December. And in the January, we use it as our maintenance month, that bigger maintenance time. So that's when the ships stay in harbour and they do their regular um, annual maintenance. And the rest of the year, they just do short-term maintenance. But that gives us a break from the worst of the weather. Um, they do get bad weather at times throughout the year, but being in lagoons, they can usually hide on another side of an island or around a point of land and just anchor for the day or two if they need to.
2: Yeah, wait for it to blow past. You mentioned you've got a base out there on one of these locations where the six ships are based from. Yeah. Do you have do you have slip facilities there?
3: Uh, there's a slipway next door to us, which is uh, owned and operated by the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the Solomon Islands, and so we're, that's one of the reasons we're based where we are so we can uh, cooperate with them and and utilise that slipway. But for our smallest vessels, we actually are able to just pull them up on the beach. Yeah, well,
2: it's one of the great things about a catamaran, isn't it? Just uh, run it in shallow, wait for the tide to go out, and you can get pretty much access to most things you want to.
3: That's right. And a few coconut logs underneath make a world of difference.
2: (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Okay, so there's a very practical ministry that you guys are involved in. You mentioned that the people who staff and run these boats are the local people. That's right. Do you have anybody from Australia that's going out at all, or...?
3: Well, for the last couple of years, definitely not.
2: <laughs> no, that's right. COVID's certainly put an end to that.
3: Earlier on, we had uh, volunteers from Australia who would go out there and, and live for six, 12 months. I had the opportunity with my wife and our six-month-old son to go and spend a period of time there in that role. But we have found that after we got things set up and found some great local staff members, we don't need to go out there and, and be there full-time. We do, however, like to go out there at least once a year as a bit of pep-up. You know a mm-hmm. bit of encouragement for our, our local team as well as to provide some specialist advice on particular engineering things to do with the boats maintenance items and occasionally we we have um, a medic visiting medical personnel but we do prefer to keep it all local because of the lack of language barrier we yes. just kind of make such a difference in the uh, the reception of the locals
2: yes absolutely so what kind of staff do you actually have on a sunship uh, medical boat do you have a medical doctor on board. Do you have any? Do you ever send specialists out? Do you have nurses? Obviously, you've got uh, seamen that are operating the the vessels.
3: Yeah, great question. So every every boat needs to have a, a captain. Most of the bigger boats have an engineer as well. An engineer is not somebody who's going to necessarily fix the boat in a big way, but they are responsible for the engines, and so they they're doing all that sort of work. They also double as a deckhand on these these boats because they're not very large. Then we usually have two nurses. One of them will often have some sort of specialty, whether it might be reproductive health, whether it might be uh, lifestyle medicine, that sort of thing. And then we send along a chaplain who's able to talk to the people's spiritual needs if they have questions, as well as supporting the team in a spiritual way. Our crew also often hand out donated eyeglasses from here in Australia that people have no longer need. They need an upgrade in their specification. We've got some optometrists who donate us used eyeglasses and that's really greatly received by people. Mm. So that's that's a usual compliment, five five or six people. Then on top of that, at times, we do have local doctors from the Solomon Islands who might be having a break from um, their regular work or they want to come out on a bit of a tour and then they can come and they can provide some expert advice on different things. But uh, in general, this is about the what we would think of going to a GP for, I think. Sure. Our nurses in the Solomons, I think they function more like a GP here in Australia, which is a bit of a um, a strange sort of thought for us, but um, they do an amazing job advising people on all sorts of things and providing referrals to the hospital if needed, and sometimes, as I think I mentioned, we can provide transport for that.
2: We've, um, we've heard, you know, a, a lot of reports about the problem that diabetes is causing in Absolutely. the Pacific. Uh, is this something that, you know, you're able to partner up with, you know, say for instance 10,000 Toes or some of these other projects that are taking place to address the issue of diabetes?
3: Look, we're very um, interested in working with anybody we can to help to prevent the scourge of lifestyle diseases or non-communicable diseases in the West and, uh, you know, in the Solomons and other parts of uh, the the islands look it's it's a real challenge for people uh white rice white sugar white flour these sorts of things are known out there as, um they joke about it as being a problem but um we have teamed up with other people and um we do continue to work with people when we can um 10,000 toes hasn't been doing um as much work in our local area uh probably because they already. because you're there yeah that's right <laughs> There's already some work being done but we're very happy to work in with other people and it's um Great to have volunteers from the local uh, hospitals and things looking to come and work with us because they can see the difference that getting into the local village makes rather yeah. than waiting for people to come to the hospital.
2: Sure. I'm told that the Western Solomons is one of the most beautiful places in the world. You've been there. Tell me about it.
3: Oh, look, it is, it is a magic place. Um, the reef, yeah, everywhere you look on the, there's reefs that are just beautiful to snorkel or scuba dive. The mountain, I had a chance to climb the Columbunga Mountain Um, It's an extinct volcano, just a magical place. looked like a scene out of Dr Seuss's book where you've got uh, just these trees with uh, moss hanging off them everywhere and just otherworldly like plants and bird calls and um, the water. When it's calm, it's just this beautiful blue. It's a really, really beautiful place to visit and um, I was privileged enough to live there for a while and yeah, it was a great place to call home.
2: Yes, yeah, so I've. Uh, everybody has been to the Western Solomons, like oh, you got to go to the Western Solomons. <laughs> One day it will. If if time lasts long enough, it will no doubt become a tourist destination. But um, right now, you get to see it as it as it is right now, which is a very special thing. Tell me, what are the needs that you guys have with uh, Sunship?
3: Right. Well, with Sunship, uh, we don't need staff per se because they're all local staff. Yes. But um, we have the opportunity from Australia to support them in their work by providing things such as donated eyeglasses or uh, donated medicines or dressings. Um, You know, a dressing might go out of date here in Australia, but it's still perfectly usable as a general statement. And so um, dressings and things like that, uh, bandages, are are always greatly received by people. Um, But, of course, we provide the funds to send the boats out, to equip the boats, to pay the wages of the local people. And anybody
2: who owns a boat knows that... Owning a boat is a little bit like uh, jumping up and down in a cold shower, tearing up $100 notes.
3: Yeah, there's a joke that boat stands for bring out another thousand. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> and um, look, it does cost money. Um, praise God, though, we've got uh, fiberglass or aluminum boats, which are fairly low on maintenance needs. And gen- in general, we're running outboards, uh, which are a lot easier to maintain than some of the, uh, the inboards that we've um, toyed with in the past. So that's a real positive. Um, but... Funding is entirely by donors and through uh, the work of an op shop that runs in Morissette, New South Wales, where um, a lot of funding is uh, raised by the selling of second-hand donated goods.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, so if people want to support the project, where do they go?
3: Right, so we have a website, www.sunship.org.au, which has a link there for a donation if they'd like to, along with um, images of the boats and um, information about things. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook as well, Um, And uh, the Facebook page has all sorts of videos and um, updates about things that are happening at the moment. Um, Our team out there, we've got some guys who just love taking photos and videos and um, stitching them together to make great little presentations. So I encourage people, if they're interested, to go and have a look.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Now, you mentioned that um, a number of your boats are powered by outboards. What size boats are we talking about?
3: So all of our boats are under 10 metres in length. Um, So... They might only need to have twin 70 horsepowers on the back and yes. um, get up and go quite well. Um, we've got a range. Uh, one, A couple of our boats do have inboard still um, because they are a little bit bigger. They're pretty close to that, 10 metres. A couple of the others are down around the 8 metre size, and so the outboards are more than adequate to push them along at a good pace.
2: Yeah, and, of course, that enables them to, as you say, get into those shallow areas. That's um, right. Lifting lift.
3: up the motor at the back means you don't worry if you do need to um, beach it for maintenance yep. as well.
2: Yep. You got the propeller out of the way of the rocks and the coral and everything mm-hmm. else that, uh, might be, might be a threat to giving it some challenge. Um, thank you so much for joining us here and telling thank us all about opportunity.
3: Sunshine. It's been great to chat.
2: Yeah, we love to hear stories about what people are doing around the world, what people are doing for the Lord. And this is a fantastic, uh, uh, project to support. So that website, one last time
3: www.sonship.org.au
2: That's a very simple one right there. Sunship.org.au. Definitely head over there, check out what these guys are doing and find a way to, to support it. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.